are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. God bless you, Grace. You may be seated. Uh, so good to be with you, and Grace and Espanol is with us this morning. God bless each one. Dios te bendiga. And yes, God bless you all. Yes. Uh, I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of John, chapter 6. We're in our Kingdom Builders. We're going to do um, uh, this morning... Uh, we will wrap this up, we'll conclude it. At the end of the service, we'll be receiving uh, faith promises and um, also uh, offering for uh, Mallorca Christian Center. Many of you received a letter uh, from Pastor Bob and myself this week. We're so looking forward. This has been a great day so far. We can hardly wait to see what God is going to do uh, as we offer ourselves to the Lord. Uh, I'd like to recognize all the veterans today, all that have served. Would you stand, please? Would you please stand? Yes. Let's give them a wonderful hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 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 God bless you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You may be seated. You served in far-flung places, near places, and because of your service, we have freedom today. We're able to worship the Lord and, and have church services. We're just so grateful, grateful for that and for your participation in it. Praise his name. I've asked Pastor Bobby to come and just share with you us for a few moments about uh, why Kingdom Builders is so important to our future and to the mission that God has placed before us. God bless you, Bobby. Well, good morning again. It's, uh, it's good to be with you uh, and just to kind of share uh, what this Kingdom Builders is all about. Um, we've mentioned this, and if, if you've been with us in this series, uh, we've been talking about what Kingdom Builders is all about. And it really, uh, the foundational scripture that we took was Matthew 7, uh, where Jesus talks about building, building a house on a rock or you're building your house on the sand. Two different foundations. And what Jesus was clearly illustrating is that we are both, we are all building something of some kind. Um, and if you've seen buildings or if you've been in, in big cities where you see the skyscrapers, you see their structure, uh, that looks great and wonderful. You can go high, as high as you want to go. You can make it look fancy. You can make it look nice. Uh, but how many know if the foundation is not right, if it wasn't done properly, how many know that building does not last? It will eventually crumble. It will give way. And so what Jesus was clearly talking about is how to build your foundation upon his words. And so both foundations heard the words of Jesus, but only one applied it. And the one that applied it was, was building their foundation on the rock. And so what, what, what is so pivotal about that as we look into kingdom builders is to simply uh, know this, is that we have a great foundation here at Grace. 
and it started with Pastor Paul and Chris where God spoke uh, to them. And, and through their faithfulness, through their sacrifice, uh, they believe God was calling to plant a church here uh, in this area. And, and through that, we are the ones that are receiving um, just so much from what God had put into their heart. We are all here because of a response to God's call on their life. Uh, so, I mean, it's truly an amazing thing when you think about the foundations of buildings and you go into those buildings uh, that means somebody before you came and did all the, the hard labor to make sure that place was sustainable for the future. And so one of the things you learned is you don't forget where you've come from. You don't forget what God has done in the past. And you, and you build on that for the future. And so Pastor Paul and Chris have done that. They have been faithful. They have sacrificially given of themselves time, resources, money, uh, all those different things so that this place can be furthering the gospel. Like we've said, this church is a launching pad of, in, into the ministry, not just as a church, but all over the world. And this is what Kingdom Builders does. Kingdom Builders has three main focuses where it focuses on the global mission of the church, which we've talked about how that will help global projects, but also uh, it's going to help uh, missionaries that we support on a monthly basis who are on the front line. Some are even in some very dangerous places. They're even in uh, places where they're rescuing people out of trafficking. Uh, they're feeding people who are hungry. Uh, they are, uh, you know, giving clean water to areas around the world who don't have access to that. These are what our missionaries are doing. They're on the front lines doing this week in and week out. And so we're able to support them. Uh, Kingdom Builders also focuses on the local aspect, and, and locally that can look in a number of different ways. We've seen the, the results of what has happened at Grace and Espanol uh, as one, one example, but also there are other things that we can look forward to that may involve a neighborhood. It could involve a school of some kind. It could involve some type of emergency service that's needed because there are needs that are just presented all the time, even, even here locally. But also we can look to the future, which is that third category where we are building something uh, for the future because we want young people to know that there is a church that believes in them and that believes that, that they should pursue the call of, the, of God on their life. And they may not have support maybe from home because we've had that before. But if they know that there is a church that is 100% behind them, not just praying for them, but generously giving so that they can have the best future uh, I believe that that is what God is calling grace to be. And so I think that's such a pivotal thing as we look at these three areas. And of course, there's so many different layers and things that will be developed over time. Um, but I noticed this, and, and Pastor Paul will mention stuff about Philippians 4, uh, which is a wonderful chapter. And one of the areas that it talks about at the very beginning of that is the Apostle Paul telling the Philippian church is that you wanted to show uh, your expression of generosity, but you had no opportunity to show it until an opportunity arrived and you guys were ready. And I believe that's what God is doing. God is, is, is preparing our hearts and he's telling us, get ready, get ready, because th this is what I know when it comes to responding to needs is that it's going to be in God's timing and it's going to be the results of people in the local church who are willing to be generous and they're ready for it. And I believe that's what the Philippian church represented. They were a church that was waiting for God to present them an opportunity. And when it came, they were ready to respond immediately. And so I believe that that's what God is calling grace to do, is that as we step into 
meeting needs, I believe this, God will bring more to our doorstep. Because Jesus said this himself, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much, much more. And so as we step into these needs and helping those uh, globally, locally, and the future, God's going to bring more opportunities to our doorstep because he, and he will trust us with building his kingdom all over the world. And not just here at Grace, but even in our community and for the future. And so I look forward to seeing how God's going to do that. I'm going to have Pastor Paul come. And uh, we just thank you in advance for your generosity and how the Lord is going to use us. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Bobby. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Ray, let's go to the video that we have of the global, local, and the future. Hey, Grace family. Hey, Grace family, I just wanted to give a big shout out and say thank you for supporting us for all of these years. My name is Brad Dickey. My wife, Mary, and I have been in Baltimore City for almost 12 years now, uh, serving the city of Baltimore, and you guys have been with us throughout. We came here back in 2011 uh, to a small church that needed to be revitalized. We've been serving here, and you guys have been faithful in supporting us. We took the lead at Teen Challenge in Baltimore, and you guys have supported us. We started uh, serving the homeless community in the city of Baltimore, and you guys supported us. We adopted two young men in the city of Baltimore, and you guys supported us. We started Hope City Christian Academy to work with at-risk youth in the city of Baltimore, and you guys have supported us. And I just want to tell you how profoundly grateful we are for all of the years of faithful support. We could not do it without you. Thank you so much. We love you guys. God bless. Hi, Grace Assembly. We are Robbie and Sarah, and we are your global workers. We have had the privilege of treasuring Jesus in the Arab world for 13 years. Yeah, one of our favorite stories in the Gospels is when Jesus went to the woman of Samaria and offered her living water. And she went back to her village and told everyone, come and see. And thanks to your faithful support, uh, we had the opportunity to provide access to that living water to people who've never heard of Jesus before, and it threw you to be able to say, come and see. Yeah, we just want to say thank you so much for supporting us in prayer and in your giving. We are doing this together. God bless. I started coming to Grace because there was a really dark cloud over my home and we needed something. My children found friends, they found peace, they found love, love that I couldn't give them, that nobody could give them, only the love of God, just peace. That dark cloud that was over us was leaving, it was gone. It was like God just was revealing to me this is where your life will go without me. Do you want to continue walking this road or do you want a fresh start, a new beginning, a new life? So I, I got baptized. <laughs> I went in with so much anxiety, so many names, so many labels, but I came out fresh, new, forgiven. Wow, God is so good, isn't he? And the amazing thing is that we get to be a part of filling the whole earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many are ready for Thanksgiving? 
How many are, how many are nervous about Thanksgiving? How many have started working on your, uh, what the menu is going to be, and you're wondering what is the perfect thing that we should serve them? Let me see your hand right now. Yeah. I'm so glad that in our house, the worrying is shared mostly by my wife. And well, Jesus can identify with you and me in, in uh, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's a story there, a real story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 people. We're going to focus on the book of John chapter 6 this morning, and he asked his disciples, he asked them a question, how can we feed all these people? There are 5,000 people that were there, men plus women and children. Estimates are there was about 20,000 people. The background for this was that we see in, in, Matthew, uh, in Matthew, this same account that um, there was a party and Herod was there and there was a young, a young teenager uh, who was dancing in front of him and it caught his eye, the wrong eye, by the way, and he said to her, uh, whatever you want, you name it and I'll give it to you. And she talked with her mother and her mother said, ask for John the Baptist's head. And she asked Herod to behead John the Baptist and Herod that foolish man did it and held and gave the head of John the Baptist on a platter to a 16-year-old girl that had caught his lustful eye. How many know that lust will get you in trouble if you follow this thing out? Because of that, John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus and he was the forerunner of the ministry of Jesus when Jesus heard of the horrific death, the senseless death of his family member, Matthew records that he went away to a lonely place, a lonely place. And how many have ever been there or needed that place, a lonely place just to get away from it all? And when he went there to grieve, he took a, he took a boat, he went across the Sea of Galilee. And when he got there, the crowds had already heard that he was coming somehow. This Jesus, the Messiah, this Jesus who would heal them, this Jesus who had compassion on them. And they, when he got off that boat, that crowd of thousands and thousands of people were waiting for him. It would be like you and me having a really, I mean, a, the worst day of our life, just wanting to go home just wanted to be alone, just to get in our basement or our favorite place and opening the door only to know that there were people waiting on us and they wanted something from us. You can imagine what his response could have been. But Jesus spent the day ministering. He healed all who came to him, all who was oppressed. And he asked this question, of his disciples as the day drew to a close in this lonely place where there were no restaurants, there were no bakeries, there were no stores, there were no Costco's, there were no hotels, no Chick-fil-A's. He asked them, where or how can we feed all these people? 
John says in John chapter 6, he wrote that Jesus is the bread of life. The main idea today for you and for me, church, is that Jesus is the bread of life, and he asks us to distribute the bread. Can you say praise God with us? Praise his name. One of the central figures in John's account was a little Jewish boy. I, I think he was a little on the heavy side myself. Um, I believe that if they had worn jeans in those days, that his mom would have bought huskies for him. How many know what husky jeans are? I knew what husky jeans are. When I was a kid, they came in three sizes, slims, regulars, and huskies. And I was in the husky aisle. That's where mine was. And the reason you say, well, pastor, why do you say that? Because he's the only one of 20,000 that had a lunch. And we husky people, is there any men in the crowd? We know, <laughs> we know to prepare. Just, I mean, the sky might fall down if there's, no, if there's no dinner, if there's no lunch. So we know if we go on a trip, if we go somewhere for 100 miles, oh, God knows we might get in a blizzard. We better take some cheese whiz and some crackers. Is there a man in the house today? You all know what I'm talking about. And then you'll throw in an old apple there just so you won't feel so guilty for noshing on all that other stuff. But Jesus said, Who will, how will we feed them? And it was this little boy that offered Jesus his lunch. And I want to share with you today how every one of us can have a part in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest endeavor of all the world, the reason that Jesus Christ came was for you and for me to hear the gospel that we might. All right, Bobby, you can, oh, we're on, hallelujah, there we go. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it'll quicken your mortal body and your microphone, praise his name. John chapter 6 records this. Jesus saw the multitudes, and he asked his disciples to feed them. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him. 
for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for anyone to receive a little. Philip answered, if we had 200 days worth of wages, $40,000, $50,000 is still not enough to feed them, let alone there's nowhere to buy it. The disciples said to Jesus, we don't have, and they also said, we don't care. Send them away. Send them away. Jesus saw a great need and a great opportunity. When he sees your life, he sees a great opportunity, regardless of how great your need is. The other day, we met in a restaurant with a couple of businessmen that God has saved and redeemed. We, were, we, we had, we had a, a chance meeting with them, and I, I called them up the next day, and, and I just felt the Lord put them on my heart that maybe I wanted to see if they'd be interested in helping the Mayorka Christian Center, because I know they're great, great people in the Lord. And so we met together, and we listened to their, I asked to hear their testimonies. And George said this, he said, I was, uh, he said, <laughs> he said, I went to church. He said, I don't even know why I went to church. I went one on a Sunday night. I don't know why I was there. I had Coke in my pocket and I had an appointment to pick up a hundred pounds of weed. He was, he was dealing. And he said, that altar call was given. Ask if you wanted to give your life to Jesus Christ. And he said, it was though someone picked me up. And he said, I found my way to that altar. And he said, something happened that night. He said, I couldn't even explain it except... Afterwards, he said, I called my colleagues, that's fellow drug dealers, I called my colleagues and said, I, I don't think I can do this anymore because something happened tonight. I got saved or something. He didn't even really know what it was. But can you thank God today for it? Amen. Yes. Your need is his opportunity. Your need is his opportunity. No one is too far from God. And he asked his disciples if they would feed them. Send them away. It's impossible. We don't care. Just leave us alone. But excuses will never fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ. You are here because someone cares. You were here because someone invited you. You were here because someone prayed for you. You were here because Jesus Christ was willing to leave his throne in heaven and come to earth and take on himself the form of a man to live this life and to be the Lamb of God who would suffer and die on the cross and bear your sins and my sins. So as our sister said, when she gave her life to Jesus Christ, when she was baptized, she came up fresh. Will you say fresh with me this morning? Fresh. If you're online, would you put that in the comments? Fresh. Glory to God.
The test that the Lord asks us today, church, is simply this. It's not how much you have. It's how much do you want to help? How much do you want to help? My heart was set on a career in science and the outdoors. I thought it was the perfect career. I was all set. I did not, I just had no desire to be in the ministry. I, I just didn't want to. And uh, but one Sunday night, I was on the back seat of my home church and and I, I went to church, but I was, I, was, I was away from God, doing things I shouldn't have been. But the church people loved me. They prayed for me. In the middle of that service, God said to me, I want you in the ministry. And it was so strong. It was so strong, so compelling, that instantly... I said yes to the Lord and my dreams and my desires were as nothing compared to being used by Jesus Christ. He put in my heart a desire to want to help and to be part of spreading the gospel and filling the earth with his salvation. The second thing I want to share with you, that it was a little boy that gave up his lunch Verses 8 and 9, so one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there's a lad here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many? What are these for so many? You see, it's faith and willingness that pass the test. What Jesus wants, church, is he wants what's in our hand and what's in our heart. Some people, when they hear the word money or funds or whatever, they oh, no, that's not for me. They're always preaching about money. Listen, our goal today is to raise $130,000. I want you to know we've already raised through the goodness of God's people from we had some, uh, uh, some small meetings and then this morning, and I want you to rejoice. We've already raised $102,000 in the last two days. Could you say praise God? No one on the staff will get a raise from that. I won't get a raise from that. It 100% will go for what we raised it for. It's called a pass-through. A pass-through. We don't do this to enrich ourselves. In fact, as a leader in the household of faith, I believe that God has called me and called Chris to lead the way in steps of faith, and steps of sacrifice, because you can't lead from the middle of the pack. How many know what I'm talking about? You can't, be in a, you can't be a lieutenant or a colonel or a general in the army of the Lord or a sergeant and say, charge. But then you sit at the bottom of the hill and say, we'll watch you. Hey, have a good time, and, and we'll see you when you all get back. No, God has called us to be in the thick of the battle, to be like David, when he went up against Goliath, when everyone else said that, no, we're filled with fear, he said, who will defy the armies of the living God? And David went out by himself. He took what God put in his hand and he slayed the giant that day. Praise his name. It was a little boy who gave up his lunch 
God's Word says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each one must do just as he is decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I want to say something today. I don't say this in condemnation. I say this in love. Today, if you don't want to give, I would say, please do not give. Please do not give. Don't give because you're worried about what I'm going to think about you. What I think about you has nothing to do with eternity. All God wants is what's in our heart. He just, what's in your hand? We don't give because we have so much and it's going to solve the need. That's not what it's about. He took five loaves and he took two fishes. And look what happened when he did that. God loves a cheerful giver. When we opened the series on Kingdom Builders and Pastor Bobby preached that first series and one of the things that he said, a couple of things, everything belongs to God. But that God wants to fill your heart with Him, with His ways, with His love. You can't buy that anywhere. My wife and I, we, there was some organization that they, they'll come to your house and collect your junk and sell it for missions. How many know that's a good deal? It beats yard sales. What are you going to do with that $200 anyway? Is there an amen anyway? Yeah, I'm just, now, if you need $200, you have a, lot, have a large sale. A, 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 go ahead. And you might like yard sales. Go, go ahead. God bless you. We had one once. Uh, once. That was it. That was enough for me. So we found out. And so Chris said, she said, why don't you get rid of some of those shirts you have? I'm 2XL. I'm husky. <laughs> and you can't find many 2XLs when you go to yard sale. How many, you, you, some of you husky guys, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I took so many. I had a stack of like that. We got rid of it. It wasn't really junk. It was good stuff. They came. They received it with great joy. I went in the next day into my closet and I looked like I hadn't even taken a, a T-shirt out of there. You, you know what I'm talking about. We have such an abundance that God blesses us with. He wants what's in our heart. God's Word says He took it, He broke it, He blessed it, and He multiplied it. Verse number 10 through 13, he said, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was so much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. He took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise also of the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which are left over by those who had eaten. Jesus will multiply what we give to him. In a, in a few moments, 
We're going to give you an opportunity to take what's in your hand. I'm going to ask everyone that's here in a few moments. There's a faith promise card, and you might be new to this. Maybe the Lord wants to use you. What I found in serving Jesus Christ that often our introduction to what the Lord has us to do is, is it's, it's not as much as what others are giving. That's because um, how many know that the tests that you get when you start out in first grade are different than when you're in your master's program? How many know that? When I was in first grade, the test was A-E-I-O-U. C, spot, run. That, yeah, that was the test. When I went to college, they started college calculus. Now, that was a test. I was in a science program. I still don't understand all that. <laughs> that guy, big, thick glasses, and then I got in a computer class where it, it's different. I mean, huge machines, not little, I mean, huge machines. The guy's from Germany, thick accent. I still don't understand what he's trying to teach us. But that was a test. Somehow I got through. I, I passed. When I went to Bible college, oh my goodness, I started acing everything in sight because that's what God had put in my heart. How many hear what I'm saying? When I got in the master's program, it got harder. When I got in the doctoral program, the test came to a place that was like the dark night of the soul. It was crushing my brain. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I even cried some tears as my wonderful wife can attest. By the grace of God, I passed the test. Praise God. Amen. I walked the aisle. And we're going to have an opportunity today as a church and as individuals to pass the test and walk the aisle and help somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He multiplies what we give to him. Paul wrote that God is able. He will make all grace abound. He'll multiply your seed and increase your harvest. Praise God. I've asked Pastor Jonathan Rodriguez to come. And we love Pastor Jonathan, and Pastor Josh is going to come from Mallorca Christian Center. Would you welcome him this morning? Amada Iglesia de Gracia, amado Pastor Paul, hermanos que nos habéis visitado, muchas, muchas gracias por esta oportunidad de compartir con vosotros el sueño de Dios y lo que Dios ha hecho para Mallorca. Estamos convencidos que el Señor ha sido tan fiel y tiene planes preciosos con esta tierra y nos alegra tanto poder compartirlo con, con vosotros. De hecho, el nombre de vuestra iglesia es un, un símbolo, un significado especial porque habla de, de la gracia, del favor, de las intenciones preciosas que Dios tiene con cada ser humano. Hemos visto que el Señor ha dado crecimiento a su iglesia aquí entre nosotros de una forma extraordinaria. Desde que tomamos el pastorado eh, allí a principios del año 99 hemos visto el crecimiento, el desarrollo de la obra del Señor entre nosotros. Tuvimos años en los que la iglesia literalmente se duplicó año tras año al punto tal que tuvimos la necesidad de alquilar lugares los domingos para reunirnos con la congregación. Poco tiempo después el Señor nos dio la oportunidad de comprar el nuevo lugar, el nuevo templo que tenemos actualmente. Al poco tiempo 
tuvimos que hacer dos reuniones y poco tiempo después tres reuniones. En este tiempo de la pandemia, debido a la reducción del aforo, tuvimos durante los domingos que hacer cinco reuniones. Durante todos estos años, y en vista del crecimiento, de vidas transformadas, de familias restauradas, de niños, jóvenes, adolescentes que se han integrado a la iglesia, hemos visto cómo el Señor ha traído un verdadero florecimiento a su obra, hemos emprendido el proyecto de construir un nuevo templo con mayor capacidad, esperamos tener lugar para unas mil personas, no con el, la intención de estar más cómodos nosotros, sino de poder servir mejor al Señor y a esta ciudad. Europa necesita del Señor, Europa necesita volver su rostro al Señor y estamos muy agradecidos al Señor por vuestro apoyo, por vuestra oración. El solo hecho de que el Señor haya movido vuestros corazones para apoyarnos, para orar por nosotros, para visitarnos, para preocuparos en ver de qué manera podríais colaborar con la obra del Señor aquí en Mallorca, para nosotros ya de por sí es un abrazo del cielo y un regalo del Señor. Por eso muchísimas gracias hermanos. Las puertas de Mallorca están abiertas. Agradecemos vuestro apoyo. Me encantaría poder estar con vosotros durante estos días. Desde ya agradezco vuestra amable invitación y le doy gracias al Señor por la posibilidad de que nuestro Hijo, que el Señor ha levantado para servir también entre nosotros en nuestra iglesia, pueda estar con vosotros estos días allí. Recibid todo nuestro cariño, toda nuestra gratitud y esperamos recibiros aquí y seguir colaborando juntos en la extensión del reino del Señor. Que el Señor os bendiga y recibid todo nuestro cariño y toda nuestra gratitud en el Señor. Algunos de vosotros os conocí la semana pasada. Some of you had the privilege of getting to know last week. Pero tuve que salir corriendo para ir a Grace en español. But I had to go out running to get to Grace en español. Así que será un privilegio poder compartir hoy con vosotros y conoceros mejor. So this is going to be a great blessing to spend this week together and have more time to be with you. Este tiempo aquí ha sido maravilloso. This time here has been incredible. Se está acercando a su final, mañana regreso. And it's coming to the end, tomorrow I go back. Y voy a llevarme conmigo muchísimas experiencias. And I'm going to be taking with me many experiences. La experiencia con los Amish, con los Menonitas. I had an experiences with the Amish and the Mennonites. La excelente comida. The incredible food. Especialmente Chick-fil-A. Especially Chick-fil-A. <laughs> sé que lo amáis. I know that you guys love it. Pero sobre todas las cosas. But above all things. Lo que más destaco. The thing that I will be taking the most with me es que he tenido la oportunidad de saber de que soy parte de vuestra familia. Is to know that I get to be part of your family. Y me llevo también amigos muy cercanos. And now I take dear friends with me. Como Josh. Like Josh. Y Skyler. And Skyler. Ellos realmente han pastoreado mi mi corazón y quería compartirlo con vosotros. They truly have pastored my heart during this time. I want to share that with you. Gracias. Thank you. Querría compartir con vosotros una historia. Today I want to share with you guys one story. Algunos de vosotros ya la habréis escuchado. Some of you might have already heard this story. Porque me gusta contar historias. Because I love telling stories. Especialmente estas. Especially this one. 
Pero hablando con el pastor y con los líderes, entendíamos que queríamos también transmitirlas al resto de la comunidad. But after speaking with the pastor and their leadership, we wanted to share the story that all of you may hear. Y esta es la historia de una hermana en Cristo. And this is the story of a sister in the Lord. Ser hermano en Cristo para nosotros, llamarnos así es algo muy común. To call ourselves a brother or a sister in the Lord, it's something that's very common. Pero cuando se trata de una persona que viene del trasfondo musulmán, but when it comes from a person that comes from a Muslim background, la conciencia de haber sido aceptada por Dios y hecha hermana de una comunidad, the knowledge or the declaration of being accepted by God and now being part of a family of God, ser una hermana en Cristo deja de ser algo sencillo y no es una broma. To say that now I'm a sister in the Lord, it's it's not something that is a simple statement and it's not something that is easily taken. Supone saber que tu familia te va a rechazar. To say that you're a sister in the Lord now also means in that world that now your family is going to reject you. Incluso puede que recibas amenazas. It even means that you will receive death threats. Pero la realidad es que el Señor Jesús se encontró con esta hermana en Cristo. But the reality about this story is that the Lord himself had encounter with this sister in the Lord. Jesús salió al encuentro de esta mujer a través de distintos sueños. The Lord had an encounter with this woman in Mallorca through different dreams that she was beginning to have. Y ella llegó a la iglesia, tocó la puerta. And she arrived to the church and knocked on the door. Y dijo algo así como, Cristo me ha encontrado, ¿qué and debo she, hacer? And she said something like this, Jesus has found me, what do I do now? Qué maravilla, Jesús How hizo todo el trabajo. That Jesus did all the evangelism for us. A nosotros nos tocó abrazarla. But what was our job now was to hug her. Acompañarla. To be with her. Discipularla. Disciple her. Y convertirnos en la familia que ya no tiene. And become the family that she had lost. En un sentido muy radical y muy profundo. It was something that was so radical and profound. Yo tuve la oportunidad de bautizar a esta hermana en Cristo hace no mucho tiempo. A few months ago I had the opportunity to baptize this sister in the Lord. Y ella con una voz muy baja, muy tenue. And her with the, her a little voice, timid voice, she said. Ella el, dio su testimonio de forma muy poderosa. She gave her testimony in a way that was so powerful. Diciendo que había sido encontrada por Jesús. Saying that she has been found by Jesus. Y aunque la, bría, la vida sería más difícil a partir de ahora. And even though that ever since that decision her life got harder. Había escuchado de Jesús, en el mundo habrá conflicto, habrá aflicción, she, pero yo he vencido al mundo. But she remembered the words of Jesus that said, in this world there will be affliction, but I have conquered the world. El Jesús resucitado se apareció. And that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, appeared. La llamó por su nombre. Called her by her name. Y la llamó a anunciar la buena noticia de Jesús. And called her now to announce the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Parte de la familia de Jesús And now be part of the family of God in Mallorca. Y por favor, no pienses que este es un testimonio que te es ajeno. And, and please, don't listen to this testimony, this story, like it's something far away. Vosotros estáis siendo parte de lo que Dios está haciendo en Mallorca. You all are part of what God is doing in Mallorca. Puede que no estéis físicamente allí. It might not be that you're physically there on the island. Pero nosotros hemos experimentado vuestras oraciones. But we have experienced the fruit of your prayers. Vuestra, vuestra compañía con nosotros. Your partnership with us. Vuestra generosidad. And your generosity. Y esto es algo muy poderoso. And this is something that is so powerful. 
Yo he podido comprobar que tanto el liderazgo de la comunidad como los hermanos a los que he conocido llevan el nombre de vuestra iglesia, Gracia, that they take the name of this church, Grace, bien en serio, very seriously, en sus corazones, in their hearts, y en sus acciones, and in the way they live. Vosotros sois parte de la gracia de Dios para nosotros. You all are part of the grace of God for us. Nos hemos sabido amados, we have been loved, acompañados, we have been carried together with, por todos vosotros, by all of you. Y estamos profundamente agradecidos a Dios por vuestra comunidad. And we are profoundly grateful to God for your fidelity. Gracias por seguir orando por nosotros. Thank you for continually praying for us. Y por vuestra generosidad. And for your generosity for us. Os amamos en el Señor. We love you in the Lord. Tenéis iglesia en Mallorca. You guys have a church in Mallorca. Estamos sirviendo al Señor juntos. And we're serving the Lord together. Que Dios os bendiga. May God bless you. Gracias. Amen. God bless you. Just wait at the foot of the steps. I'm going to call you up for just a moment. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. We. I'm going to ask everyone to take a card in your hand, if you would. Some of you have previously filled this out, but if you would also fill it out again this morning, this will encourage people and the counters and all of that. This is what we hold in our hand this morning that we can offer to the Lord. Uh, we have some seats here, and I'm going to have Pastor Jonathan come and represent Global at this table right here. And Pastor Josh, if you'd come, this represents Local. Then Jonathan, this represents Future. This chair represents who's going to pay the bill. That's us. That's us. But giving is a muscle. The more we use it, the stronger it gets, the more we delight in it, the more benefits that there are. <clears throat> we want to, there's the main thing this morning, I, I want to announce what we've raised so far. We've raised $49,000 for Mallorca of the 50,000 goal. But I want to give you an opportunity if you want to help because they need 500,000 to finish. To get in. They have till June. The government's given till June. So I'd love to send them back with way more than $50,000, and I believe that we can do that. This morning, we've had, we've had people have given gifts, $100, that they've committed by the, by the end of this year. Boom, it's a Christmas gift, one and done and get this thing moving. And by the way, the two business people that we met with, they said, we are going to help. In fact, they said, we're flying over there ourselves. And they're going to see, and they want to help. They want to do something significant. So the main one, the main one this morning is we've raised, <clears throat> we've raised 30, I just tried to, no, we've raised 53,000 of an $80,000 goal in faith commitments. What faith commitments are, they are, they fund, they're the regular foundational things that we have to fund the 60 different missionaries and missions organizations. They're boots on the ground all over the world 
the, the couple that you saw, they're in the Middle East, they're in a country that cannot be named. They're in a country before that, they actually, people actually came to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they discipled a, a community of faith. They're now in a country that cannot be named, boots on the ground, local, there's future leaders. Um, there's so many things that we have an opportunity to do. And I'm going to ask you if you would just take this. I'm going to pray for you. Would you just take this in your hand? And then we have the Kingdom Builders Faith Promise. The Kingdom Builders Faith Promise. Would you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? If you're new at this, God might put something in your, in your heart, and you say, well, what's $10 a week? If, if that's the loaves and fishes that God, that's what you have in your heart, God is going to use that. We, we have other uh, pledges, uh, they're $500 a month, $350 a month, $450, $550 a month, $100 a month, $40 a week. It's all over, but it all adds up because everything counts in God's economy. Everything counts. And we do this because we want to help. We don't do this because we're under compulsion. We, we don't do that at all. So I'm going to pray for you right now, and I'm going to ask, would everyone put this in your hand as we look to the Lord? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, what a privilege we have. But you've asked us, how are we going to feed all these people? And Lord, in our hearts, we want to help. We don't want to walk on by. We don't want to send them away. We don't want to say, well, what, what difference does it make? Or what we have, it'll never, never, it just won't meet the need. Lord, you don't ask us to meet the need. You ask us to give what's in our heart, our love for you and for people. And that's what we purpose to do today as a church. I pray for each one now in this sacred moment in Jesus' strong name. I pray, amen. Yes. We're going to have the band come, if they would, please. And as soon as you have your card filled out, would you just raise your hand that they're going to collect this? I'd like to have a wonderful outpouring this morning that we can go over the top. Yes, yes, yes. And if they pass you by, they'll come back. Uh, everyone does it at a different pace. As you're doing this, the first time I ever heard about a faith promise, we were in Bible college. We married our last year, and it was in the oil embargo, and there was no work. All the work dried up. We're in gas lines every other day. It was, they were a mile long. There's no work. First time I ever heard about a faith promise, about God using me. God put a number in my heart. It was $7 a week. The only income we had was $15 a week. My wife was working at Western Auto. And we tithe, and we always like to round up, so that was $2, and the government took its bite, and rent was $60 a month. So that meant we just ate grits for a couple of weeks. That's all, we, that's all we had. And um, that's hard on a husky wearer. And grapefruit. So, I offered this to the Lord, and I wasn't worried about where it was going to come from. God spoke to my heart. 
God speaks to your heart and you know, you know, you know, you know, it will be provided. You take a step of faith like Peter did on the water and Jesus will reach out his hand to you. So I walked outside of the chapel at Southeastern University. And I walked out there and I had, no one had any work that I knew of. And I ran into a guy by the name of Bob Dial. And Bob said, Paul, what are you doing? I said, I'm not doing anything. He said, can you paint? I said, yeah, I can paint. I would have done anything, but I could paint. I went to work that day. He said, well, we've got work. Can you work today? I said, yeah, I can work today. I started working. I worked six days a week. For that entire year, I went into business for myself. Flanagan's Paint Pot, Lakeland, Florida, they were the oldest established painting company. They had all of the big accounts of the wealthy houses and mansions, and they said, we want to give you all of those accounts all of those accounts if you'll stay here in Lakeland rather than going into the ministry. That was my, that was my choice. They didn't say not go in the ministry, That's, but they said, I'm going to give you all the accounts if we want to set you up in business. I didn't. I went to the ministry. But God abundantly supplied my need. I paid my entire college bill that last year in cash. The day we were moving to North Carolina, the Outer Banks, I was still working. Imagine that, packing the truck and trying to finish a job because God is faithful. How many know that the Lord is faithful? And that's what God does. Praise his name. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and we're going to, I'm going to have the prayer teams come. We just bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you this morning. Prayer teams have come and the, and the band is going to play. Pastor Jonathan, if you would, you go out and you can greet people and you can even show them your new baby girl and your beautiful wife. Yeah, and you're going home tomorrow. Praise God. All right. And so I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We're, hey, we're going to do this thing. Amen? We are going to do this thing. We're going to move the needle of God's kingdom today. Thank you, Father, for all your blessings in our life, for the privilege that we have to make a difference in the strong name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. Amen. As the prayer teams are here this morning, if you, first of all, if you want to turn your life over to Jesus Christ, this is the day God's been dealing with you. You come right now. They'll pray with you. There's never been a better day. If you have a need, this is the opportunity that Jesus has to meet you just right where you are today. Praise God. I love you. The Lord bless you. Ben, you lead us, and you're welcome to be dismissed. And we'll see you, I don't know, Wednesday night, next week, or in heaven, maybe even if we don't make it that far. God bless you.